Amen. All righty. Well, hey, how many guys were here last week? Praise God, all three of you. Okay. But uh, if you, all three of you guys, if you could uh, recall, uh, we talked about the true wonder of Christmas. Remember that? Okay, go figure. It was a Christmas uh, message. And, uh, and, and, and to me, it was not just a, a blessing to me personally, but I'm kind of partial in my own sermons, but it uh, kind of works out that way. Uh, but, but the true wonder of Christmas, the title got me wondering about all kinds of other things, John, that I wonder about personally. And it, it, I got so excited about it, I decided to share them with you. You guys ready for this? Things in life that I personally wonder about. Okay, let's see. I ain't started yet, okay? I don't think it's going to be that bad, but maybe it will. Let's take a look. Do you guys ever wonder stuff like this? I do, okay? Do you wonder why psychics have to ask for your name, number one? And two, why do you don't see the headline, Psychic Wins the Lottery? Right? You ever wonder that? Give me a break. Should be the richest people on the planet. Hey, do you ever wonder why is it that doctors call what they do practice? Doesn't that freak you out? How about I'm really good at this, or expert a kiss, or something, but why practice? I don't want you to practice. Hey, why is it that the man who invests all your money is called a broker? How about a winner? How about a surefire collector, a broker? I don't think so. Hey, do you ever wonder why your nose runs but your feet smell? Think about it. Think about it. It's backwards. Okay, let's move on. Hey, why is the time of the day with the slowest traffic called the rush hour? Right? Is that a psychological thing to help you cope with it? I don't know. Hey, why is there no mouse-flavored cat food? You think that'd be a surefire? Everybody would bite. Every... Hey, and speaking of which, Scott, uh, when dog food is said to be new and improved, who does the testing and who would like to have that job? Right? Do you ever wonder about that? How do you know? Excuse me? Okay. Hey, do you ever wonder why they don't make the whole plane out of the same stuff that indestructible black box is made out of? Wouldn't that be common sense? You ever wonder about that? Yeah, that's pretty common sense. And if flying is so safe, why do they call the airport the terminal? How about the happy landing spot or the cushy island or terminal? That's not good. Hey, do you ever wonder why they call them apartments when they're all stuck together? Makes you wonder, at least me. And how do you know when you're out of invisible ink? Right? You could be getting ripped off for years, paying good cash and... Yeah, let's move on. Hey, why is it, and what disease did cured ham actually have in the first place? Did you wonder about that last week? Right? And should you still eat it? I guess this is why they say cook it thoroughly. I don't know. Uh, but what happens if you get scared half to death twice? Is it over? I mean, do you guys wonder about that one? And how do you know when it's time to tune your bagpipes? Hello? I can't even make the noise. It's so out of tune. Uh, but, and, and what do people in China call their good plates? We actually had that discussion this year, several times at our house. Hey, honey, Don Russell's coming over. Get out the Americas. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Let me think about it. You ever wonder about that? And do you ever wonder why croutons come in airtight packages when they're stale bread to begin with? Hello? Just throw them at people or something. And why is there an expiration date on sour cream? Same kind of uh, thing. And if cops arrest a mine, does he have the right to remain talking? And, and think about that, if a deaf person goes to court, does he still have a hearing? Or now you're just making fun of him and that's not cool. Yeah, think about that. And why do hysterectomies happen to her and hernias happen to him? <laughs> right? And who comes up with these names, okay? But listen, if women really want to find their missing husbands, why don't they put their pictures on beer cans? Right? Oh yeah, he's going to be checking out the milk carton. Yeah, I don't think you really want him to come back, the truth is out. Yeah, I don't want to buy it. But this one's got to be all oh, guys. You got to help me out on this one. Do you ever wonder why women can't just remember to leave the lid up? All two single men responded to that. Is what's going on there? But <laughs> I tell you what. But uh, maybe it's just me, uh, Margaret. But uh, there's a lot of things in life to wonder about, aren't there? You know what I'm saying? I mean, just they're all over the place. Okay. But to me, one of the biggest things I personally wonder about in life has got to be this one. See if you guys agree. Why in the world is it people still, every day, refuse to take God's way out of the coming seven-year tribulation, not to mention hell, through Jesus Christ, and act like it's, big, no deal. it's no big deal? You guys ever wonder about that? And the reason why, folks, is because, hello, the Bible's clear, the seven-year tribulation is not a party. It is an outpouring of God's wrath on a wicked and rebellious planet, and you don't want to be there. Jesus said it's going to be the worst time in the history of mankind, so horrible that unless God shortened that time frame, the entire human race would be destroyed. How many of you guys would say you want to avoid that? Okay, there is a way out through Jesus Christ, okay? As we've been seeing, praise God, God's not just a God of wrath. He's a God of love as well. And because he loves you and I, 
He gives us so many warning signs, not one, not two, but tons of warning signs in advance so that we wouldn't be caught off guard, so that we know that the seven-year tribulation is getting close, which means the rapture of the church is even closer because it takes place prior. Okay, so in order to keep an eye here at Sunrise from experiencing the ultimate bad day of being left behind, we're going to continue, that's right, in our study, the final countdown updates. And we've already seen, if you've been tracking with us, the first nine updates on our final countdown study. That was the Jewish people, the Antichrist, modern technology, worldwide upheaval, the rise of falsehood, the rise of wickedness, the rise of apostasy, the rise of a one world religion, and the last three times, the rise of a one world government. And the Bible is very clear, folks, that God lovingly foretold you and I that when we see all the world's governments around the planet come together as one, which is happening right now today before our very eyes... And we've been looking at the proof of that. We saw that with the quotational proof, the coercive proof, the union proof, and last time with the control proof, where there is a big brother surveillance society being put in place, not just here in America, but literally all over the world. Why? Because the Antichrist is going to control everything you do if you make the mistake of rejecting Christ today and find yourself in the seven-year tribulation. He's going to make, he's going to order, he's going to force you to do and cause you to do whatever he wants to do, or you're going to die. In order to pull that off, he has to therefore know uh, what everybody's doing at all times to ensure obedience, right? And we saw last week, it's already being put into place with our information. Remember that? Well, they know everything about us already with these huge databases around the world. And we even saw with these satellites, the big brother eye in the sky, where they not only are watching us live, it's all being stored in a database. And they literally have the technology right now here in America being used on us to have a video search engine from the sky. What was John doing two days ago? And literally not just know, but literally watch it in action. That's current technology, not coming. It's current technology and it's being done right now. Okay. But that's in all the third type of big brother surveillance system uh, that they're putting into place. Uh, is called the monitoring system. The monitoring system. The big eye is watching us. And folks, I'm telling you, it is an amazing, amazing uh, level. Of, of It's just everything is being monitored, okay? And not just from the sky, but we're going to see today even down here below. Just to make sure we're always under his careful, watchful eye. They're not just storing a massive amount of information on us, right now as we speak, and they're not only watching us from the sky with these satellites as we speak, but they're monitoring us down here below as we speak in a multitude of ways. The problem is, I truly believe the Bible says this is why, I think part and parcel, why the Bible says during the seven-year tribulation, that's a loaded statement I believe Jesus is saying there, it's the worst time in the history of mankind, but it is going to be the greatest time of human slaughter this planet has ever seen. Because he's going to know where everybody's out, and he'll take you out in a multitude of ways. You cannot escape. Okay, but don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God. So open to your Bibles to Matthew 24. Let's grab the context there. Matthew 24, verse 15 through 22. Matthew 24, if you find the book of James, what do you do? Left or give it back to James. It's his book in the first place. And uh, But we're glad you're here. Stop stealing. We'll pray for you. Matthew 24, and uh, let's take a look here. Uh, verse 15 through 22. Now, as you turn there, the context, of course, uh, is the signs that we're living in the last days. The disciples asking Jesus that question. But the context of what we're going to pick up here is the halfway point of the seven-year tribulation. Okay, The halfway point of the seven-year tribulation, and this is what's going to take place from Jesus. Okay, Matthew 24, verse 15. When you get there, say, move. There's a demon in the house every time. I tell you what, spiritual warfare, we must be doing something good. All right, but let's take a look there. Verse 15 says this. So Jesus speaking, by the way, he says, So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken up through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea, what? Flee, run, get out of there. Where? To the mountains. In fact, he says, let no one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of the house and let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women, okay, and nursing mothers. In fact, pray that your flight will not take place in the winter or on the Sabbath. Why? Because Jesus speaking, for then there will be a great distress unequaled from the beginning of the world. By the way, that means even more than Noah's flood unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. In fact, if those days, listen, if those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. 
And again, who are we uh, quoting here? This is from Jesus Christ. And he's clearly telling us, folks, that during the seven-year tribulation, after the Antichrist shows his true colors, goes up into the rebuilt Jewish temple to declare himself to be God, the halfway point of the seven-year tribulation, and it's a good thing we see no signs of that temple being rebuilt. Mm -hmm. It's being built today as we speak. All kinds of things are coming together for that. So he is going to go up into this rebuilt Jewish temple, declare himself to be God at the halfway point. This is the abomination of desolation that he's quoting Daniel from, is referring to here. Jesus says at that time, if you find yourself in that time frame, if you unfortunately reject him today and find yourself thrust into the seven-year tribulation, a horrible mistake, okay, he says your only option is to what? You better flee. You better run. You better hightail it out. In fact, he says, you, in fact, so fast you need to gather. Don't go back to your house. Don't do nothing. Just run. Run to the hills, literally. Okay, get out of there and quick flight. Why? Because other passages tell us at this time, the Antichrist is literally going to go on a hunting spree. And he is going to begin slaughtering people like flies. And he's going to start with the Jewish people. This is what we see in Zechariah chapter 13, verse 8 through 9. In the whole land, declares the Lord, two-thirds, how many? Two-thirds will be struck down and perish, and yet one-third will be left in it. This third, God says, I will bring into the fire. I will refine them like silver, and I'll test them like gold. They will call on my name, and I will answer them, and I will say, they are my people, and they will say, the Lord is our God. So in this passage here from Zechariah, we actually got some good news and we got some bad news. The good news is the Jewish people here uh, are going to finally be turning back to God at this point. Yay! Okay, the temporary blindness that Paul talks about in Romans is going to be removed. They get it now. But it comes at a horrible price. Just the Jewish people alone, two-thirds of them are going to die at the hands of the Antichrist. One-third is going to be sovereignly protected. Revelation 12 talks about how the archangel Michael is going to do that, and that's for another time. But believe it or not, as horrible as this is, the Bible's very clear. Unfortunately, even as recent as what Hitler did, another horrible Jewish holocaust is coming. And two-thirds of them are going to die. And believe it or not, that's the tip of the iceberg. That is the tip of the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg of the slaughter that the Antichrist is going to be a part of during the seven-year tribulation. There is going to be a massive, unimaginable amount of people who are going to die during the seven-year tribulation. Let's take a look at the next text that talks about this. Revelation chapter 6, verse 3 through 4, 7 through 8. This is the first half of the seven-year tribulation. Okay, When the Lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come. And then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. To him was given a large sword. And when the lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. Wish I had time to get into the Greek with that with you. Uh, but basically, the picture is as fast as death, as people died, Hades, the grave was right there. Literally, if you could picture behind the horse imagery, if, if you will, obviously symbolic, he was scooping them up as fast as they were dying. Take them to the grave. Oh, it's a very macabre scene. Anyway, they were given power over how much? A fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. Okay, so here we see after the first seal is opened up, which most of people, I would agree, is speaking of the rise of the Antichrist, his false utopia, the white horse rider. Yay, yay. Finally, those nasty Christians are gone and we can bring peace to the planet. It's short-lived. After the first seal, you got the second seal, and this is when the red horse rider war, global war, breaks out on the planet. And to give you an idea of how big this number is, one-fourth of the planet being annihilated, okay, if that were to happen today, the death toll would be over 1.8 billion people. Just like that. 1.8 billion, not million, billion people are going to die just right there. Nearly 2 billion people are going to die just in the first half of the tribulation. That's just with that. There's other judgments going on, by the way. So we don't know the number on those, okay? But that's still not all. I'm telling you, it's a horrible time frame. This is why Jesus says the worst time, you don't want to be there. That's still not all. The Bible says another third of the planet is going to go out for that. And this is in the second half when you get into the trumpet judgments, following the sealed judgments. Revelation chapter 9, verse 15 through 16. And the four angels who've been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released so they would kill what? 
a third of mankind. The number of the armies of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. Again, as a side note, as we saw a couple of weeks ago, it just so happens, according to a military report here in the U.S., that China has the ability to raise an army of that exact number, 200 million. Interesting. Okay, but the point is, hey, guess what? Here comes another slaughter. Okay, here comes another slaughter. One third of the earth is going to die at this time in this battle. Now, this is weird because I actually busted out the calculator on this and took a look at what was the current, and it's growing, obviously, exponentially, the population of the world. But I took a calculator. I subtracted this number, one-third of the earth, from the previous subtraction of one-fourth of the earth. And listen to this. This number right here is going to be approximately another 1.8 billion. Blew me away. It's like, whoa. It's almost like God knows exactly everything. And wow. So another 1.8 billion, again, is going because now you got one-third of the earth, not a fourth, okay, and 1.8 is already gone. But, but so that means in just these two judgments alone, just these two, there's other things going on. I mean, there's asteroids slamming the earth, volcanoes going on, earthquake, it's just, just these two judgments, 3.6 billion people, half our planet is going to die. How many guys would say, you probably don't want to be there? That's not counting the second Jewish holocaust we just saw from Zechariah. That's not counting anything else. Half our planet in just those two judgments are going to die. And so here's my point. When you take a look at this time frame, no one, I think it's a loaded statement. No wonder Jesus said, this is going to be the worst time in the history of mankind. I mean, the flood happened, bang, relatively click, uh, quickly. But this is going to go on day after day after week after week after month after month after year. And in the second year and the third year, and it just keeps getting worse as you go. No wonder he said it's going to be the worst time in, in uh, history. No wonder there's an urgency to accept him now so you're not left behind. And no wonder Jesus said, man, unfortunately for those who reject him and made the worst mistake ever and you found yourself in the seven-year tribulation, your only option is to flee. Now it adds weight to that statement from Jesus, doesn't it? You better don't go back to your house. Don't get your coat. Don't do nothing, man. You just get out. You should have got saved before and avoid the whole thing. But man, once that Antichrist goes on, you just better run. Why? Because the slaughter's coming, okay? A slaughter is coming. Therefore, I said all that to get to this. During this time frame, if your only option is to flee, and again, you should get saved and avoid the whole thing, but if your only option is to flee, a good, reliable source of transportation will come in handy at this point. And for those of you wondering, that does not include a Yugo. Okay, for all three of you who know what a Yugo is. Okay, and it's not half of a country. Thank you, Bobby. Okay, but here's the problem, folks. The Antichrist is not dumb. Satan is cunning. He's also very evil. And he's already thought of this, I truly believe. And, and by the way, uh, the Antichrist is empowered by Satan, the dragon. The Bible says that Satan is not only the father of all lies, he is a murderer. And he has been one from the beginning, okay? So I truly believe that he is using the technology. Why is there such a horrible slaughter? Do you think people could go hide away and do this and avoid? No! You put all this technology together and he is doing exactly what Satan wants. He wants to see and kill as many people as he can to join him in the lake of fire. He's going to use this technology, this big brother society, to ensure you aren't going to flee. You ain't going to come close making it to the hill because you hesitated. And he's going to know exactly where you're at. And the first way he's doing that, folks, I truly believe this monitoring system, he's going to know exactly where you are. You're not going to escape. Again, you should avoid the whole thing and get saved right now. And that's with the transportation system. Now, if you were here before when we talked about this uh, last year, I believe, uh, we already saw that they're already tracking our vehicles uh, with the OnStar system. Remember that? Okay, that nifty uh, device there. But that's the tip of the iceberg. There's all kinds of ways, folks, that they are tracking our vehicles and have the ability to track our vehicles. And when you put all these together, pfft, so much for trying to get out of the danger zone. And I'm telling you, folks, it's everywhere. The first way they're tracking our vehicles, besides OnStar and satellites, okay, is, believe it or not, with shooting darts. Remember that James Bond show episode? Shot out of the car. Well, folks, police are already using that to track people. You're not going to be able to flee. They'll shoot one of these darts at you, and they know exactly where you're at. Let's take a look at that. 
Officers are using some new technology now, though, that will prevent high-speed chases and still catch the bad guys. Fox 13's Michael Shingleton's in our control room. Michael, I know this is going to get a lot of attention here. Uh, how are they going about this? Well, Mark, it's like something out of a James Bond movie. There's a dart that is shot out of the front of a police car, and it latches right onto whatever they're chasing. And with GPS tracking, whatever they're chasing never really gets away. That is a magnetic and adhesive GPS dart. And during a chase, cops can now fire them at a car. And then hang back, get on their in-car computer, and track every move. Ah, uh, isn't that exciting, though? I mean, think about it. Now they're going to really get those bad guys. They'll never get away. But what if you became the bad guy? You'll never get away either, okay? But again, folks, how far do you push this, okay? But I'm telling you, this tracking technology is so commonplace, folks. That's not all, man. It's not just for the police. Even the average Joe can get his hands on tracking somebody, okay, including your vehicles. Uh, let's take a look at that one. Wow, the zoom back device. How many movies have you seen where the plot revolves around a tiny GPS tracking device that lets one spy follow the movements of another on some kind of radar? This is the Zoomback Personal Locator, uses GPS, it's $100 plus $15 a month. Now to show you how we test these things, I thought I would enlist the aid of my old buddy, John. How are you, John? David. Now, as John drives, I can actually open my laptop, go to zoomback.com, and pinpoint his location. I can click Find Now, and in a few seconds, there he is. Or I can watch a breadcrumb trail of his location with a new thumbtack posted every five minutes. Now, Zoomback is intended for putting in your car, your boat, your kid's backpack, or even your dog's collar so you can always keep tabs on them. Interestingly, one thing Zoomback doesn't talk about is how you could use the thing secretly. You could plant it to track the movements of your spouse or your kid or your employee. Shh. Yeah. Shh. They'll never do that, though, right? Not just the cops. You and I can go out and buy this technology, right? And I got a general rule, I've shared this before. Hey, anything that's out in public, technology that we know of, we're 20 years behind what they really got. So if you and I, the average Joe, not just the police, can get this tracking technology, what's really out there? Okay, that's still in all. The third way they're tracking our vehicles right now, have fun trying to flee, accept Jesus now, avoid the whole thing, okay, is with those nifty devices they've got us to use, those easy passes. Oh, the cat's out of the bag, folks. You know that these are, if you guys aren't familiar. These are these nifty electronic payment devices. You don't have to wait in line at the toll booth or, you know, and you just, you see those people, they're not cheaters. They got the electronics. They're, they're automatically paying, deducting from their account. They get to breeze through and make it across the bridge or the border or whatever. The problem is the cat's out of the bag. Or should I say the cow's out of the bag. They're doing a lot more than just making payments. They're tracking devices. Watch this. In New York City, many people use a quick read system called EasyPass to quickly and easily pay for tolls. Readers are set up at toll booths that scan the RFID from a distance, making it simple for travelers to pass through. But a hacker who goes by the name Puking Monkey stumbled across a different, more unsettling use for the EasyPass system. We admit that electronic mooing is a bit unsettling, but it's the reason behind the mooing that has people a little perturbed. According to Forbes, Puking Monkey became concerned about privacy on the road after he saw license plate cameras on the back of a police car. During his research, he hacked his EasyPass reader so every time it was being read, it would flash and cause the cow to moo. The cow was mooing when there wasn't even a toll booth in sight, which understandably made Puking Monkey a bit concerned. And how many guys would say it caused you to puke up your monkey too? <laughs> you know, when you figure out what? What are you doing? I thought it was just to make payment when I come across just these certain areas. And it's being a tracking device, okay? What else are you doing, okay? Oh, and by the way, for those who say, well, forget it, I'm not going to use that. Uh, you may not have the option. Have you seen the latest trend? Step by step, work towards your ultimate goal. There are certain states that are now mandating you have to have these. If you're going to go across a toll in a certain area, a certain road that requires this, you aren't going to be able to travel that road. Okay, certain, listen to this, there's certain states like Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, there's others. I believe I even saw one last time I was in Southern California was already warning like six months coming, it's going to switch to Easy Pass. that they are saying that you have to have this uh, uh, mandated uh, payment system electronically or you cannot travel this road. No more cash, you can't pay cash, you can't pay change, you have to have this tracking device in your car. Which is interesting because now it's like, 
if you wanted to pay with cash, you couldn't. You had to pay with an RFID. It's, that's, and it's mandated. You have no option. That's not all. The fourth way they're tracking us, uh, whether we realize or not, is believe it or not, with our license plates. Aren't you glad that they got those nifty new license plates now? Well, if you were paying attention to Pukey Monkey there, he said that what got him concerned was the police having license plate tracking radars. But that's science fiction stuff. They don't really have that, do they? Yes, they do. In fact, they're using it, and they're using it without our knowledge, which, by the way, is unconstitutional. Uh, let's take a look at that. It's been almost a year since Edward Snowden ignited a firestorm over mass surveillance conducted by the NSA. But the NSA is not the only agency tracking us. Tonight, we begin an America Tonight special series on privacy. Your secret's out with an investigation into a controversial new tool for surveillance that has caught on like wildfire among many law enforcement agencies. It's also creating a lengthy record of the movements of ordinary Americans. Mounted in public places or on law enforcement vehicles, ALPR devices scan the license plate of every car that passes. Each device can scan thousands of plates per minute, check each plate against a hot list of stolen cars or wanted persons. And data from ALPR devices, which includes photos, a timestamp, and location, is also retained in thousands of databases across the country and shared by various agencies. If a license plate camera picks up your license plate many times during a week, then it can pinpoint your location and chart your pathway through your life. Now that can reveal some very sensitive information. It can tell who you associate with, which doctor you're going to, whether you're sleeping in a different house every night. If you don't have any independent probable cause against a citizen or an individual, why are you keeping their data? There's no reason to do it. Unless you're trying to build, and you are building, a giant Big Brother society using all this technology leading up to a prison planet. Isn't that exciting? No, it's not, but that's actually what's uh, being done. And believe it or not, they've already conditioned you and I for us to have to have this tracking technology, whether you want one or not. Okay, And that brings us to the fifth way they're tracking us. Believe it or not, it's through, hey, car lenders. Isn't that exciting? This is wild. I couldn't believe this one. Uh, hey, don't you still want to be like uh, John and his cool hot rod red truck? Right, John? Hey, you still make 10 grand a week. I'm waiting for the free lunch. Anyway, uh, if you, don't you want to be like that? Don't you want to have a nice car like everybody else? But see, you got bad credit. So I'll tell you what, we'll cut you a deal. These lending institutions, uh, hey, you want that new vehicle? You person with bad credit, you, hey, we'll do it. We'll, We'll put it through, but you have to let us track your every move. And if you miss a payment, we'll shut you off. It's already here in Vegas. Watch this. The worst thing ever to happen to someone is to be driving on a freeway. Cars going like super fast and your car just instantly powers down. Two years ago, Candace Smith says she and a friend were driving on a busy stretch of Interstate 15 in Las Vegas when her car's engine suddenly stopped. And I started to panic real bad, and I just like looked over like this, like, oh my God, like, what's going on? The reason her car stopped wasn't a mechanical issue. She says it was her auto lender. The company, she says, determined that she was late with her payment and remotely turned off her car. And all of a sudden, the stairwell locks up. It was super scary, so if it wasn't for the person that was in the car with me actually pushing the car over to the left-hand side, I think we would have been hit or probably dead. As a growing number of auto lenders extend loans to those with poor or damaged credit, they are increasingly turning to new technology called a starter interrupt device to spur timely payments and, they say, help rebuild credit with flashing lights, loud beeping, and the threat of remotely disabling the car. So there is a tough love approach with our technology, and whether it be a, a subprime lender, a bank, or a credit union, it's really how they're approaching the uh, consumer is with that tough love. We want to help them get on their feet, but sometimes it does require uh, a very consistent reminder, and in some cases, the disablement of the start of their vehicle if they haven't made their payment on time. Here in Vegas. So well, let me see if I get this straight. Uh, if I don't make my payment on time, 
in essence, do what you tell me to do, a banking system will shut my car off, leaving me stranded. I mean, what's next, Scott? I mean, what, what are you going to say? Oh, just because I got bad credit or this or that, or I have to get a chip in my body and I won't be able to buy or sell, or you'll shut me off. Step by step, work towards your ultimate goal. It's called conditioning, okay? Which leads us to the sixth way, and I'm telling you, the Antichrist has thought of everything. Remember, what's the context? Your only option is to flee. But why is it going to be such a horrible slaughter? Well, maybe so many people won't be able to flee like you think. Again, avoid the whole mess, get saved today. The sixth way they're tracking us is with all of our vehicles. Okay, believe it or not, as we already saw again last time we were in this study, every single car, every single car manufactured now in the United States has to have a black box tracking device in them. It's already started. It's mandated. So in other words, you're going to have one of these whether you want one or not. Let's take a look at that. The Obama administration has approved a plan to require so-called black boxes in all new cars sold in the U.S. Those devices will show exactly what you do behind the wheel, and privacy advocates worry about what else they may reveal. Charles Hadlock has more. Shoppers of all new vehicles will soon get more than they bargained for. A data recorder watching a driver's every move. Beginning in September of 2014, every new vehicle sold in the U.S. will be required to have a so-called black box. The insurance industry supports the move, even though most drivers are unaware that 96% of cars sold today already have data recorders installed. Hey, wait a second there. You, you just mandated across the United States 100% of vehicles have to have these devices, but 96% of them already had them. Well, that's kind of interesting. But hey, don't worry, folks, because we all know we can trust the government. And like I said, John's going to take us all out to lunch, if you believe that, too. But anyway, but let's try. Uh, oh, and by the way, if you heard, it said the insurance companies are backing this. They love this. You know why? Listen to this. Because, quote, with this technology, insurance companies can now use this technology to locate policyholders by the GPS. Wait a second. I thought it was just to store data on your engines. Locate policyholders by GPS, listen, and charge them insurance rates based on miles per driven. So you drive more, you pay more. Interesting. Oh, and also the Department of Transportation is planning on using this now uh, with a new, quote, federal motor vehicle safety standard. It's called the Basic Safety Message. This is freaky. George Orwell, eat your heart out. This technology, this is federal, by the way, this technology would allow them to, quote, spontaneously provide communication to any vehicle. How'd you like to be driving down the road? Hi. This is your government speaking. We know this is what this is talking about. And it is to warn them of any, quote, potential accidents. And this is, quote, the first step to fully automated vehicles by the government. Interesting. So you put all this together, folks, and this is what I find absolutely wild. For the first time in mankind's history, again, people say, oh, geez, he ain't come back for 50 years. You guys, you're alarmists, you're conspiracy weirdos. And for the first time in mankind's history, we've never had this. Think about it. If you're trying to flee a certain area, we have the technology right now. Flip a switch. Stop any vehicle anywhere. And maybe you'll get a nice warning like this. Halt! Warning! Warning! You're trying to flee the Antichrist kingdom. No, no, no! <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. You're going to stick around for the slaughter. That's not coming that's already here, already be put into place. The second half of that is this. The second way he's developing this monitoring system, not just with our transportation, it's with cameras everywhere. Have you noticed that? Oh, folks, it's going nuts, okay? He is watching us everywhere, not just tracking us while we drive. He's tracking us everywhere we go, folks, even on foot, okay? And as we already saw before, folks, he's tracking us with these cameras everywhere. In fact, we just finished up with vehicles being tracked, but did you know another thing that they want to put in those vehicles, not just tracking devices, they want to start putting cameras in vehicles. Watch this. They're going to watch you while you drive. If you ever get tired of your wife nagging you for not keeping your eyes on the road every time she's in the car, then you might want to stay away from GM dealerships because they're making sure she's riding shotgun from here on out. Over the next three to five years, GM will be teaming up with seeing machines to fit camera motion sensors into GM's next generation car. This will make your car alert you every time your head isn't rotated towards the road or your eyes haven't been looking at your mirrors enough. 
And just like your wife, GM has your best interest in mind. Right. Now listen, first of all, we got to deal with this guy. I'm not a prophet nor the son thereof, but how many guys would say that guy's probably single? <laughs> yeah, okay. Not, not the best there. I, I didn't see a ring on his finger, uh, by the way. Uh, but anyway, excuse me? Wait a second. So, so, so now you're going to put a camera in my car to watch my every good for, you know, my so-called good, because you've got to make sure, got to I mean, we've got the laws in place, but nobody seems to do it. They're still texting. And with the camera in there, we'll watch them. That's creepy. But folks, I'm telling you, it's everywhere. Even in public transit. You'll say, well, forget that. I'm just going to, no, listen to this. This is already in place too, by the way. Not coming, it's already in place. Quote, the next train you take will be watching and listening to you and recording it all. The New York Metropolitan Transportation Authority has announced a plan to install several thousand audio and video recorders on its commuter trains in response to federal safety recommendations. We got to do this for our good. Officials say the technology will be used to listen. Why are they installing all this into their vehicles? To quote, control undesirable behavior. Hmm. And other forms of public transportation across the country have also begun installing the same technology. For instance, buses in Baltimore have already began recording conversations and bus drivers and passengers. Why? To investigate crime. See, it's for your safety, okay? In February this year, transportation officials in Boston began outfitting their buses with a $6.9 million surveillance system funded in, by the Department of Homeland Security. Listen, these cameras consist of a 360-degree lenses that can be embedded, means you can't see it, embedded in ceilings and walls to, quote, capture everything. This is not coming, it's here is how far it's progressed, okay? And folks, believe it or not, they are being able to watch and hear everyone aboard any form of public transport, quote, they say, may help to improve the security of innocent passengers. And isn't that the lie? Well, if you're not doing anything wrong, why are you worried about it? It's called freedom. It's called freedom is what's going on. And that's still all thanks to executive orders and the terrorism issue and other bad guy reasons. The government has full authority to use this technology on us, okay? We already saw Chicago right now, not just New York City. Chicago right now is the most watched city in the whole United States. They installed a system called Operation Virtual Shield with all these cameras everywhere you go where they can see anything you're doing, what book you're reading, even what you're texting sitting on a park bench. They can see what you're doing right now. And that is the tip of the tip of the iceberg. It is going to all cities across America. Let me just give you a, a smattering of just what's going on in our country. Uh, in Michigan, in Ypsilanti Township, they're currently working with local police to put up, quote, surveillance cameras in every single neighborhood. Not just a bad part of town or whatever part. Every single neighborhood they're putting up. And here's their justification. They claim the cameras are no different than police officers constantly standing in the neighborhood. And doesn't that make you feel great? What? That's in Michigan. In Texas, don't mess with Texas, Austin, they're now demanding live access to surveillance cameras already installed in public schools because they need to, quote, prevent future school shootings. And that's a loaded thing. I mean, you're already got cameras there monitoring the kids. They want to have live remote access. What? This is crazy. It gets even worse. California, Modesto, they have uh, installed this armored police surveillance truck. Uh, it's, it, uh, listen to this. It, that video and audio records local residents while traveling throughout the city. That's all it does. Drives around, records video and audio the whole city. It's crazy. Here's a picture of it. And believe it or not, they are blunt with it. Look right there. It says, smile, you're on camera. They're not even hiding it anymore. We're so conditioned to accept this kind of invasion. It's called the armadillo. There's other names for them. And several other departments across the country are doing the same thing. Fort Lauderdale, there's a whole bunch of other ones. It's not just California. And uh, they're doing it as well, putting it part of their arsenal. Uh, and it records real-time video footage. It's uh, directly feeded back to the headquarters. I don't know if you could see this, but this is another one in uh, Peoria, and they have another term for it if you want to do your own research. Uh, it's called nuisance abatement vehicle. See, we're doing this for your good. We're, we're having these vehicles travel and record audio, video, everything people to get rid of all those nuisances. And with that opening 
set of jokes that I shared today, John, I'd be the first one to go. Pretty nuisance. But let's move on. Uh, Ferguson, oh, oh. Why do these things keep happening? Well, you create a crisis, you can manage the outcome. Uh, uh, speaking of police officers and cameras, thanks to the riots caused by all the trouble with that Ferguson shooting stuff going on, okay, the president has now come up with a new solution to fix the whole thing. And here's that nifty solution. Quote, mandate policemen to wear body cameras so we can be watched at all times. Here it is. The recent shooting death of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, are spurring calls for police to wear body cameras. And that includes President Obama's push for funding for thousands of the small cameras. After a series of meetings today, the president promised programs to bring police and communities together. Part of the reason this time will be different is because uh, the president of the United States uh, is deeply invested in making sure that this time is different. The president is also asking for $263 million for community policing, including $75 million for body-worn cameras. To see the cameras in action, we ride along with Officer Eric Salonix on this traffic stop. The first thing he does is point out the camera to the motorist. Just again, sir, just want to advise you that you're being audio and visually recorded. That's fine. Salonix says when people know that, they usually exhibit their best behavior. Uh, yeah. That's your solution? Where are you going to be able to hide from these cameras? That's the issue. That's still the tip of the iceberg. It gets worse. Uh, speaking of uh, creative crisis, manage the outcome, whatever. Remember the Boston, Boston Marathon thing? Watch this. The Boston Police Department is now starting to look at a more high-tech means of securing the city against future attacks. We can't let this happen again. Here's the solution. They found that in the form, I'm not making this up, in an artificially intelligent, an AI system. Yes, we have the technology for that. Self-learning surveillance network that watches the entire city and all of its inhabitants. Because there's limitations to humans. We might miss stuff. Not an AI system. Watch this. It's an AI-based surveillance system that not only watches and analyzes human behavior, quote, it learns from it. Learns from it to identify suspicious or abnormal activity. Our system, they say, will figure out things you never thought of looking for. Right? Terminator called it Skynet. Okay? It's almost like Hollywood's preparing for the future that's being built. Interesting. It's completely free of additional human programming, guidance, or monitoring. Listen, and Tom, it needs little installation and additional hardware. Why? Because much of the legwork's already in place. Watch this. Because it can be attached to the already present huge sprawling networks of cameras in every city. After, they say, a few days of hardware and software installation, AI site, that's what it's called, can begin. You just tap into the existing system. This artificial intelligence can take over and do what no human can do. This is freaky, folks. Okay? And, and again, the justification of this is because it stops crime, it curbs bad behavior, so we got to do it, right? No, watch this. Remember how we saw before in England they had already put up 4 million cameras, 4 million cameras in the government and private sector uh, to create a surveillance canopy? So surely the crime rates there have just gone way down, right? Watch this, I just came across this this week. The figure has now grown, Tom, to 5.9 million cameras. They've added almost an additional 2 million cameras, one camera for every 11 people. Quote, here's the results. The UK still has the highest homicide rate in all of Northern Europe. In other words, it doesn't work. Quote, for every 1,000 cameras in London, listen to this, less than one crime is solved each year. Not even one. Less than one crime is solved per thousand cameras. And even the British government stated, quote, surveillance cameras, quote, produced no overall effect on crime. So why are you doing it? Because it's not about the crime. That's how they get us to surrender our freedoms. It's a big brother system being built before our eyes. And it's going global. And now you're building an AI system that can tap into the whole thing. Folks, it's getting really bad. China right now has developed a mini camera system that they put on these special goggles and they're searching the crowd for, quote, potential terrorists, right? That looks for strange, nervous behavior, right? As, as you know, a suspected terrorist would do because they've got a bomb and they're nervous about it, right? I like what one guy said. He says, hey, listen, I already feel tense if police officers looking at me, let alone with strange goggles. <laughs> better smile. Okay, and by the way, uh, it doesn't have to be strange goggles like the Chinese. Google is out there making sure that everybody on the planet uh, could have these monitoring devices on their head. 
Okay, everybody, not just for police officers, the check, no, everybody can. And that's what these devices call Google Glasses. Okay, Google Glass, as we saw before. These are devices that they've come out with, and now Sony's picked up, but they got their version going out there. Uh, to connect with the internet anytime, anywhere, at all times, uh, we could also request a map, and it has a, a thing on the inside with the glasses. You could see the display there. Uh, you could uh, post online, interact with social networking. Uh, oh, oh, you could take a picture and video live and beam it up to the internet or your Facebook account or whatever. Okay. Uh, oh, but, oh, by the way, there's an app for everything. They've now developed an app for these Google Glasses that it will identify anybody you see through these glasses, even if they're wearing a disguise, because of all the database of pictures that we've surrendered up to them. Watch this. Hi, I'm Kevin. My team and I have created the first real-time facial recognition app for Google Glass. It's called NameTag, and it's powered by FacialNetwork.com. We are allowing limited access to download the app to Google Glass Explorers. All right, so to start this demo, we've got a digital camera that's video recording into the prism on Google Glass, so we can see exactly what the Google Glass is seeing. We're going to tap it, start it up. OK Glass, name tag. We'll take that little square, we'll put it on the gentleman up on the wall. Capture his photo. It's going to send that photo up to the database, run the facial recognition software on it, and while it's doing that, we might as well grab another one. It's running these faces against two and a half million photos up in our database. And once it finds a match, it'll send that information back to us along with another photo. And there it is, Kanye West. So while we're waiting for the next photo, we might as well, oh, there it is, Brian Cranston also known as Heisenberg on Breaking Bad. Let's see who this young lady is. I'm waiting for her results. We can get a photo of this guy. She's Taylor Swift. I don't recognize this guy. I'm not sure who this guy is. Oh, his name is Stanley. Let's see who Stanley is actually is. Oh wow, he's a registered sex offender. Criminal history has been found. So if you scan him, you probably want to run the other way. So we know what you're thinking. Can name tag work on a real person? Well, let's find out. We've got a gentleman here who has Google Glass on, as well as a, a hat and a beard. Let's see if we can get a match. Sean McGuire. All right, we got you. Nice. Yeah, turn to somebody, give him a high five. Nice, woo! You got this stuff in place, and I don't care what you wear, beard, hat, we're still gonna find you. But you know, he might be out there saying, hey, listen, I don't wear glasses. I wear contacts. Right. So, but don't worry, Google's out there to help you. They've now come out with a called Google Lens. Okay, it's their next device, as you can see there. Now, Google Lens, what they're pitching it is for a medical thing right now, and this will automatically uh, read your uh, sugar levels for those who have diabetes with the tear ducts. So, automatically do it, and will beam it to a, a wireless device uh, of your readings. Uh, also, they're saying that they could use this for no matter what your sight is, whether you can't see near or far, that actually will work with your eye like a, a, a camera lens and automatically adjust so you can see whatever. Uh, and there's another company, I just came across them last night, uh, Innovato, I believe, and they have actually taken lenses and they've turned them into basically a, a rendition, a version of Google Glasses. So you can now do it with a contact lens. So now you put all this together, and it's kind of creepy, folks. Uh, everybody, all these uh, uh, cameras going up everywhere, vehicles, the whole tracking cameras and businesses out there, all that stuff. Uh, people have them on glasses on their head. You might even have the contacts. So now you even don't even know if people are wearing because they got contacts now, but they can still do the same thing. You put all this together on a global scale, and an AI system taps into the whole thing. And the Antichrist goes up into the rebuilt Jewish temple. Declares himself to be God. Now worship me, he said. He's going to know everything. 
Oh, you know there's going to be resistors, and they're going to run. They're going to try to flee. But with all this technology, no wonder Jesus said it's going to be a horrible, horrible bloodbath. And that's why he also says when these things begin to take place, you need to stand up. You need to lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. He's coming back to get us, church, and that's good news. We don't know the day nor the hour, but I'll tell you what. These kind of things have never, ever, ever, ever been here in the history of the church when it comes to prophetic things coming to pass. So we need to get busy letting other people know there is a way out of this mess. His name is Jesus Christ. So let's be smart with our time that we have left. But if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I don't know the heart. God does, though. And if you're not saved, you need to get saved today. Because you do not want to be around when the Antichrist takes control. You need to get saved now. His system, no way of escape. But there is one way to escape it through Jesus right now. Call upon his name. Ask him to forgive you your sin. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave. And trust your destiny to his work on the cross and you will be saved. Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries. And I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven. And that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness or the wrong things that we have done have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin or unholiness uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma, even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy. We're not perfect like him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal. Okay, how many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars. Okay, well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief. Okay, the Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey, folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. Okay? And folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that and it's just as bad. He knows the mind. He knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God. And you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. 
God so loved the world that He sent His one and only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in Him, what He did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but He will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn. We, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it. And a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, if he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask him, to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in his work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that right now? Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and, and Get a Life Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.